Hey, what's up, Raptors fans? Welcome to the Sports Ethos Podcast, where we'll discuss all things raps. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Dan, and I'm with my co-host, Kev, here. What's up, Kev? How are you? Not much, Danny. Glad to be doing this with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, should we talk a little bit about ourselves, let the people know who we are, where we're from? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess we've kind of been buddies for about 10 years now, approximately. Um, yeah, and yeah. we actually, yeah. And I think we, uh, we started off being buds with, uh, traveling across Canada and setting up new bulk barn stores here. Yeah. So for people that don't know, bulk barn is a Canadian retailer that uh, sells majority, uh, bulk food. Uh, they don't have any international locations. Sorry, American fans, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we worked there for a while and, you know, we always just kept in touch. Sports was our thing. You know, I joined Danny's basketball league many, many years ago. Uh, and you know, it's been, it's been a ride. Uh, I know Danny's, uh, had a little bit more success in the league than I have, and it doesn't bother me at all. I, I assure you. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was fortunate, uh, this year to, to come away at the championship again, but, uh, let's not, let's not talk about that too much. Let's talk about raps. Cause we're, we're both major raps fans. We, we follow them religiously and, and that's why we're here. We have passion for the team and, and we love to talk hoops. So. Yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're blessed here in Toronto, Dan. I think you'd agree with me. We, we have a franchise that, you know, really puts a lot of focus on winning. It wasn't always that way. Like, the Raptors were always kind of that team for anybody that, you know, watched the NBA in the, the 90s when the Raptors first came into the league, even into the 2000s. Nobody ever wanted to play here. But, you know, with the help of, uh, you know, ownership and management, the team has really evolved into, I'd almost think like an Eastern Conference version of what the San Antonio Spurs used to be. Consistent winners, almost always, I mean, last year was a bit of an exception. We'll get to that in a sec. But, you know, team that consistently puts together great seasons, has great players, great development system. Like, there's a lot of positives there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I definitely uh, give Masai a lot of the credit. He's just fantastic and well-liked around the league. It seems like he can always pick up winning players and helps us build definitely a, a competitor each and every year, which is so exciting as a Raptors fan to have that ability in, in, in your team manager. Yeah, better than being a Sacramento Kings fan anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would be tough, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, – go ahead. Go, go ahead. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy like that. We, we started off building these stores together, and now we're here hosting the podcast and, and talking what we, like to talk to, what we like to talk about, right? Like we're just passionate Raptors fans. So, I mean, if you want, we can just get right into it here. Yeah, so, I mean, we can't talk about this year and how they got here without touching at least a little bit on last year. So, you know, as everybody knows, you know, the pandemic is a thing in this day and age, COVID-19, uh, before – you know, we kind of learned more about this, you know, a lot of the sports teams here in Canada, you know, Jays also uh, grouped into that, were forced to relocate for last year and, you know, parts of uh, 2020 as well. Uh, the Raptors were playing down in Tampa last year. I think they were playing at uh, University of Tampa Stadium or something, but basically it was the equivalent of every game being a road game. Um, and I think it really wore on them quite a bit. Um, and I say that because, you know, they finished with a really, really terrible record. I think they were sixth worst record in the league. Um, but, you know, they returned this year with essentially the same cast of characters, which when we came into the year, everybody kind of looked at it and said exactly that. It's like, well, you know, we lost Kyle Lowry, you know, our franchise stalwart who's been around for he was with us for nine seasons. He just came back this week and had a big ceremony, big love fest for Kyle Lowry. Well deserved. Um, but you know, other than the loss of Kyle, we returned essentially the same roster of starters. So it was hard to see 
you know, where the improvement was going to come from. But I mean, we'll get into it here in a second. They certainly improved and, and dare I say, you know, exceeded expectations. They excelled this year. Would you agree, uh, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember like we were talking about it at the beginning of the year, like our expectations were, were pretty mediocre to, to low even just considering the results of last year. Like, I think we kind of had them pegged at maybe squeaking into the playoffs if everything kind of clicked and worked out. Um, but yep. here we are with the, the six seed locked in. We avoided the play-in tournament, which is so Huge. crucial in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I hate that format, but it does kind of create a little more excitement for teams that are closer to the bottom end to, to really fight till the last day of the of the regular season. So there is that aspect. Unless, unless like. you're the Lakers. Unless you're the Lakers. <laughs> yes. And, and to be honest, I kind of like to see it. Um, yeah, yes. I'm, not, I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but yeah, it's – yeah, I am. I am a bit of a LeBron fan, but I, I, okay. I don't mind seeing the Lakers fall on their face. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, like just going back to, to expectations here, like it's I think everyone the main um, difference from this year is everyone's just kind of improved across the board here. Like you look at the, the starters that carried over from last year to this year, like Freddie Siakam, OG, unfortunately, he's been hurt. But just those those main couple of guys, like they, even they've made some drastic improvements. Like I really like how Fred has just taken over this team. Like he is now the the floor general. It seems like he's not missing Lowry too much, which is yeah. really nice to see that he hasn't skipped a beat. I think there was maybe a couple of weeks there where he was struggling with that role a little bit, but definitely didn't take him too long to to dive into that floor general well, role. He, yeah, and he was certainly – I mean, he was a legitimate all-star this year. He made his first all-star team. But one of the other key things I noticed when I look at last year's roster to this year, they trimmed a lot of the fat. So, I mean, yeah. the Raptors the Raptors starters – I saw the stat. I can't remember the specifics now. But I think they their starters have played the most minutes in the league by a wide margin. And I think the most minutes for any five starters in, you know, 20, almost maybe 30 years, if I recall correctly. Wow. Uh, like years. They're, they're really, they're really being road hard so far. They haven't broke like those same five guys, Fred, Pascal, uh, OG, when he's not hurt, Scotty and Gary uh, have really played a lot of minutes, but you're not getting a lot of minutes from guys that we saw last year that were really third string guys. When you see where they've gone this year, guys like Deandre Bembry, Stanley Johnson, uh, Rodney Hood was on our team, Alex Land, like these guys are playing, you know, upwards of 20 games, some of them, and like the contributions were very little. Uh, and I think part of that, again, goes back to them playing in Tampa, you know, players don't want to play somewhere where there's not truly a home. Um, and, you know, again, this this year, you know, the, the minutes I mentioned for the starters, you know, your bench players, almost, almost your full rotation of bench guys is is limited to people like, Precious Achua, who we acquired in the offseason, uh, somebody who came through Masai Ujiri, you know, our GM, uh, his Giants of Africa program lets kids in Africa play basketball where they wouldn't otherwise uh, be able to. We got him in the Kyle Lowry trade where, you know, Kyle would have otherwise walked for nothing. We were able to get this guy who was just a depth piece for the Heat. Now he's our, he's, he's essentially our starting center and he's improving his game as the year goes on. You know, Chris Boucher's not playing as prominent a role this year as he did last year. He was in the doghouse for a bit. You know, he was sitting on the bench to start the year. They almost had to play him after a while, and he's come through. Uh, he's been valuable for us. I don't like Ken Birch, I'll be honest with you. I think he's, <laughs> I know he's you don't. Of, 
He's, he's kind of this year's Aaron Baines, who I hate even more. We had him last year, and he was completely useless. But, I mean, you're getting quality minutes from your bench guys. Savi Mihailuk, when he was playing, um, you're getting good minutes from them. So better guys, and, like, again, you're, you're riding the starters hard, and for the most part, it hasn't hurt. Uh, but we'll see what happens as we as we kind of move forward here. Like, we have been fortunate with uh, with the amount of minutes that the starters have been playing, though we haven't got too severely banged up. I mean, Fred has had the knee issue, but it looks like he's kind of put it behind him. It looks like he has this explosive step back in the last couple of games, which I've noticed. So hopefully that continues and there's no uh, lingering injury there. And I guess it's really only OG who's been in and out of the lineup. So hopefully we can get him fully healthy for the playoffs here. Yeah, I have concerns he won't be able to stay healthy. Just based on the history I've seen, I hope I'm wrong. He provides yeah. a lot to the team. But I'll tell you one guy who's been really, really healthy all year, and it shows my man, Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, how how fantastic has it been to watch this kid just play every game, been just improving every game as well on every oh, aspect man. of his game. He's just an exciting player to watch. I know. I mean, I know it's 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 so refreshing. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had a pick near the top of the draft. Jalen Suggs, I don't know if you remember this or not, at the draft, he said, oh, I don't want to play in Toronto. Like it's, you know, the early 90s or the late 90s again, like I was referencing earlier. Oh, I don't want to play in Toronto. Buddy, you'd be lucky to play in an organization like this rather than going down to Orlando like he did. But apparently the plan was never to take Suggs anyway, who was supposed to go in that sixth spot. Yeah. It was to take Barnes and man, his maturity, the guy's 20 years old. He, if he's not the favorite for rookie of the year, like there's some, there's some problems with the voting process. Um, he's, he's, he's been above average in a lot of categories. I mean, he shoots well. He, his free throws don't hurt you. Provides solid defense. He steals the ball and he blocks his, his three throw, sorry, his three ball is developing uh it's not fantastic but i mean he rebounds like a champion when fred and malachi flynn were both out we had no point guard he was our starting point guard a rookie 20 years old leading this team that's now settling into the uh fifth seed in the playoffs it's just unbelievable and he didn't look too out of place either like obviously he looks taller than your average point guard on the yeah. floor right <laughs> but he can handle it like he can dish the ball well his well-rounded game is so impressive and he's just an absolute joy to watch. And, and I remember leading up to the draft here, and I was thinking I definitely want Suggs. He looks like he has this superstar potential and so on. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed when we didn't take him. But now you can see that, of course, Masai saves us again and picked the right player here. I think I think he just knew that Scotty would play hard for Toronto. He's the type of guy that would come in here, guns a-blazing, give it 120% every time he's on the floor. And, boy, have we seen that. And it's – like I said, he's just been an absolute pleasure to watch. And I think now he must be the favorite to be rookie of the year. Like, what what would you say, Kevin? I think so. I mean, earlier in the year when uh, the Cavs were were settling into a higher playoff seed, uh, they, they were pegging Mobley for that. Mobley's had a great year. It's interesting to me, though, because most times the rookie of the year obviously comes from a bad team because the best players are drafted by the bad teams. That's how exactly. it works. This, yeah, this year, even when Barnes was playing well, and the, the Raptors were way down there. It was like, oh, Evan Mobley's going to win. It's, it's, you know, it's not even a contest because the Cavs were winning. Now that the Raptors are ahead of the Cavs, you're not hearing that talk so much. And Mobley's missed some time too. But, I mean, Barnes' play, he's just – he's gotten better as the season's gone on. Like, he's learned, which you would expect from a rookie. But he's just – he's such a breath of fresh air. What a great, great piece to have going forward. 
For sure. And it must have been so enjoyable for you to watch them all year on your fantasy team. I know a couple times when we uh, when we faced up and Scotty was making shots, it kind of kind of hurt a little bit, but I was still excited at the same time to obviously see our rookie doing well here. Oh yeah, you always got to have a raptor in fantasy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think I think Mobley's injury has probably helped that cause a little bit too, right? Like he he's been out for what a week or two now, and he's probably going to miss another couple weeks. So down the stretch, not having him and seeing how he develops to finish the season, I think that's going to hurt his chances as well. Yeah, it was a t- it was a tight race between them, but since he's been missing time, I think I think it's given Scotty the edge again. If he doesn't get the votes, granted, we are a little biased here in Toronto as Raptors fans, but I'd be very very surprised. There is an anti-Toronto bias that us Torontonians believe in, and you know we'll see if it rears its ugly head here. But like I said, the race between Mobley and and Barnes was close. There's another race that's pretty close, and it's for the top of the Eastern Conference standings and the playoffs here with the Raptors. You know, they're locked into their fifth seed, as we've discussed, you know, but there's four different opponents they could face as they all jockey for position with, you know, three or so games left on the schedule for each of these teams. And we actually get to face one of those teams tonight as we sit here uh, on a Monday night recording. Philadelphia's in town. Yeah, I mean, when I look at our, our potential matchups here, uh, like we, it looks like we're going to be playing the 76ers, Bucks, or Celtics. And I mean, I definitely have a favorite team that I'd like to face out of those three. And I think it's the 76ers, so it should be a great matchup tonight to kind of give us, hopefully, a potential playoff view. I mean, the way I look at the 76ers this year is Abid's obviously an animal. He's arguably the MVP of the league, and he probably yep. deserves that, that credibility 100%. But when I look at James Harden, he just doesn't look like the same player. He doesn't look like he's a killer on the floor anymore and has that superstar mm-hmm. mentality. Don't get me wrong. He can definitely still put up some stats and some major points, but I, I think he's kind of starting to slow down on his career a little bit. So I think you're right. I think you're right. I've yeah. seen it too. And again, he doesn't have that, that same sort of fire. He's, I mean, he's played a lot of minutes over the years too. And then I think also what's affected him a little bit is the, the referees whistle. They're not giving him those calls anymore. He would always draw those fouls out from the other players. He'd bait them in. And then when he goes to take a three ball, they'd, they'd go on him. He would always get those calls. Like this guy was getting, you know, minimum 10 free throws a game. It would seem he's not getting those, those shots anymore. That was a big part of his game. So that on top of the age thing, I think is, has been a big factor. So what I, I don't think can be understated this year is a full year of Gary Trent jr. But the, the beautiful thing about it. So we traded for uh, Gary last year, we traded Norm Powell who'd been on the team for quite a while. Norm's been up and down over the time he had with us. We signed him to a bit of a, uh, long-term extension after he had a good season. And he was kind of, again, like I say, up and down with his production. He had a year and a half left on his contract. Raptors weren't going anywhere. So they traded uh, Norm for Gary Trent, who is essentially the same player. Norm's a bit of a better shooter. He's more efficient. Trent's more of a, a three ball shooter. He shoots more than uh, Norm does that way. He's not quite buddy healed. He's a better shooter than that. He's not shooting, you know, 350 on the year, but He's, the, he's essentially the same as Norm, who, again, is a valuable player, and he's five years younger. And, I mean, Portland, who acquired Norm, has already moved him on to the Clippers. So you tell me how well that deal worked out for Portland. Masai yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wonder what Portland's doing at the same time. They kind of cleared house, was definitely some good pieces, but kept Dame around at the same time. Maybe it's hard to deal with his injury right now. But either way, that was an interesting move that they shipped him out right away. But the one thing that I like about Gary Trent that kind of goes under the radar a little bit is his defense. 
is his, his steal ability. Like last year when he was playing for us, he was still averaging a steal a game, which is, which is definitely quality defense. But now he's up almost close to two steals a game, and he doesn't get enough credit for his defensive ability. Like he's averaging 1.8 steals per game on the season now. And I think that was kind of like a hidden ability that people didn't really know about Trent Jr. too much. But boy, as he displayed his, his, his stealing ability, he's a theft on the floor, man. Yeah, and I mean, that could be credit to the coaching staff, but credit to Gary for being one of our very best players this year. Like, I, I, I mean, it's hard to say who is the – well, Pascal and, and Fred are both very up there. But after that, like, it's, it's a toss-up, you could argue, between Barnes and – and uh, Gary on who the, the better player is. I think OG, you know, had OG. So much time. yeah, but if OG didn't miss so much time, I think he'd be in that conversation, but I think you got to give third most valuable player to either Gary Trent Jr. or uh, Scotty Barnes there. Agreed. Agreed. And like, it's another impressive stat too, is like he was shooting about 35% from, th- from three point last year. And now obviously he's getting a little bit more looks because he's fully into the starting lineup. And we've had a couple injuries throughout the year, especially with OG. And even on more volume, he's shot a better percentage this year. He's shooting 37% from three, which, which is nothing to, to bat your eyes about, right? Like, it's, that's definitely a good percentage from the three-point line. So it's nice to see that he did improve his, his threes that he's making while he's taking more shots as well. Yeah, and that's what you want to see. Like, you want to see improvements from guys year to year. You don't want to see them say stay stagnant. You like to see just improvements where wherever they come, right? Um, and if and I mean efficiency is huge. The team the team needs a, a player like that, and he's come through. So it's been absolutely. great. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Philly's a dangerous opponent. Uh, before we move on to the next potential uh, opponent here, one thing that actually does affect Philly, and we're going to see it tonight. Um, you know, for anyone who's not aware, uh, traveling into Canada as, a, as an athlete, there is a mandate in place by the federal government that says any athlete who's not vaccinated uh, cannot travel to the country and play. It's similar to what was in place in New York City. You probably heard about with Kyrie Irving. Uh, that was a little, got a little bit more hype uh, from the media because, you know, uh, Kyrie can't play his home games. But the fact remains, unvaccinated players can't travel to Canada to play. Uh, Kyrie could still be present uh, in Brooklyn or, you know, if he was playing at the garden, Uh, but it's a bigger deal, especially with playoffs coming that, you know, some teams may not have vaccinated players on the team and the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Matisse Thibault will not be playing tonight because of that reason. There's been some speculation about uh, the Boston Celtics. Last time they were in town, Al Horford, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown all sat out. Uh, I think they said Horford had a, a wedding to go to, but there wasn't really much explanation given for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'll tell you, you know, let's talk about Boston for a second here. If neither Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown can can face us in, or sorry, if neither of them can travel to Canada to face us, that's a massive advantage for the Raptors. I want to play Boston. I don't know about you. Yeah, so I mean, Boston would definitely be be my pick as well, considering if those two players aren't going to be able to travel across the border here and, and play in, in Toronto. 
And I mean, they finished off the regular season on absolute fire too. I think both guys are averaging 30 points per game yeah. and like, it would just be, it would be tough to, to face two superstars like that. Like, obviously we have some talent on our team, like Freddie's an all-star Siakam's borderline all-star talks to him getting all NBA as well. Right. Yep. Yep. But they're just yep. not quite on the superstar level of those two. If I have to say so myself, I don't want to take away from those two players. Cause I, I love them to death and they're obviously two very important parts to our team, but it should be interesting to see if they still don't get vaccinated. If they match up against Toronto, like you think like the team and there would be a lot of pressure on them to get vaccinated if that was going to be the first round matchup. So it should be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out. And even with, uh, yeah. with type bowl as well, if we face uh 76ers in the first round here. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't want to use Kyrie Irving as an example because he's clearly on a planet all his own. But if Kyrie sat out all those home games and just chose not to get vaccinated, if these guys have held out for this long, uh, you know, like you say, it's going to be interesting. But I'll tell you what, when I look at the playoff matchups here, we've talked about Philly, we've talked about Boston. There is no good opponent. There's no one you say, oh, I want to face that team. I'm looking at Milwaukee and they scare the heck out of me too. Yeah, me too. I mean, obviously Giannis is on a completely different level. He's up for the MVP as well this year, but he, they have a better supporting cast, right? With Middleton and Drew Holiday handling the point. And just even like Brooke Lopez is now back in action and Bobby Portis has taken an extra step this year. They have such a well-balanced team. And I think they're they're really hungry to get another championship. So I, yeah, I would like to... Champs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I would love to avoid Milwaukee at all costs here. So I think I'm definitely leaning towards the 76ers, but we'll see in regards to, to the vaccination status and the health of the teams going into the playoffs. Yeah, it should be exciting. I can't wait. I mean, we got to play Philly tonight, and then we got Houston and the Knicks. Like, can we just get to the playoffs already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's not like those last two games get us prepared for the playoffs either, right? No. Yeah, no. but maybe we'll use those games for some rest for Freddie and Siakam, and, and maybe that'll help OG get ready for the playoffs too here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a blast, Dan. We've uh, we've talked some good hoops here. And, you know, when we talk next time, I think we'll be about ready to talk about uh, the playoffs and a preview of that, because by that time we should know exactly who we're facing. It'll be exciting. Exactly. It'll be nice to take a deeper dive into to our opponent there and really get into analyzing matchups and so on and predictions. And but yeah, like you said, man, it's been an absolute blast. I think this is going to be really fun doing the podcast with you. We're obviously two uh, two big basketball fans and massive Raptors fans, so can't wait to see uh, where this leads us. Yeah, should be good. All right, until next time, listeners, we will talk to you then. Go Raps! Go Raps, go! And hey, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Ethos Raptors and like and comment on our posts. Appreciate it. <laughs>